0: Well, I think where clarity fails us is when we feel, um, stuck that we have to commit to something forever. Mm. And it's very hard to commit to something if you think you have to do it for the rest of your life. So when you're thinking of an offer, if you, if you know, you can solve a problem and you're inspired today to solve that problem solve that problem, choose that, knowing that you can change your mind tomorrow or even next week, you can f- solve a different problem. And mm. rather than thinking, oh, but for each problem, I need a webinar funnel and I need Facebook ads and I need a website and I need to like build an empire just to solve one problem. You don't need to do any of that. So the way that I help people do business is being free and light, and not getting bogged down with all of the shoulds. Um, and that is what helps you get better clarity, because it's about who you are right now.
1: All right. Welcome, everyone. Today is special. It's a special treat because... The person I have virtually in front of me, um, she's just gonna blow your mind. Uh, not too often I get the guests that I have a personal connection with, and when I do, just like um, this one, Jessica, uh, we connected. But it's also we're you know spiritually aligned. Like I, I get people, but I don't know their uh, practices, their faith, and I respect whatever they practice. But Sometimes you meet people that you also know their spiritual line, then you have, uh, you know, a different kind of alignment. So that's what I have with Jessica. And I'm so happy that, you know, she accepted to be here. Uh, I got to know her through one of uh, the coaching programs I did, and she's been focusing on the copy side of it. If you don't know copy, stay tuned. This is why you are here today. She's just going to take you away with Um, her journey and her work. So welcome, Jessica, and I will just look forward how this transpires.
0: Thank you, Manpreet. It's so good to be here.
1: Amazing. See, with that just voice, how can you not fall in peace (laughs) with that voice immediately? So, Let's start with uh, you know your journey so that people get a little bit about your background, how you started your career, and what copy is, and then we'll get into actual pieces of your work.
0: Sure. Well, I've been a copywriter professionally now, um, helping coaches, mostly coaches, create messaging that really speaks to their ideal clients, so that the people that they are selling to feel seen and heard and known and feel inspired to say yes to enrolling in that coaching program and taking advantage of all the gifts that these coaches have to offer. Um, And I've been writing my whole life and I really had no idea that I could do copywriting. I thought all writers were starving artists, so, I just tried my best to have other businesses and things to make money. I was a coach at one point. I was trying to coach women. Um, before that, I was I did psychic readings for a living, which I know for a lot of people is kind of out there, but uh, I always felt very intuitive, and so I wanted a way to use my intuitive gifts, and I began um, offering people tarot readings, which... Um, were fun and I thought would help give people clarity so I have a lot of experience with counseling and just trying to help people feel better and I learned so much about human nature from doing that and even before that I was seeking um, looking for answers Uh, I went and sat at the feet of spiritual teachers I was always looking for answers to what are we doing here? What is life all about? What's our purpose? Um, Who am I? What do I really want? Those kinds of questions. And it's been a crooked road and it's led to a career in uh, copywriting, helping healers, helping coaches and teachers do the work that they feel called to do and helping them express it in a way that lets people understand what it is that they're trying to do.
1: Mm. So good. (laughs) I was just, you know, as you were saying it, I was visually following through like that journey. And even though I didn't know you back then, I could see your uh, different phases of your journey uh, visually. And it's crazy (laughs) uh, that I, you know, walked through that journey uh, as you spoke. So, Uh, Skur, you know, uh, you mentioned you help with the copy and I take it just like for myself before I went into coaching, I didn't know what copy was and there are other aspiring people who are technical like me and do not understand what copy is, even though it's a really legitimate um, profession now, but a lot of people don't know for them. Could you explain what copy means?
0: Yes. So copy is your message. It is the message that you deliver to the world. It's the words in writing, either on your website or in a blog post or um, in a, a social media post. Um, that is what copy is. It's, it's the message. It's really um, the heart of what you offer and who you're speaking to. And if you know those things, if you know exactly who you're speaking to, what their frustrations are, what they need, and what they need to hear or read in order to recognize you as the expert that they've been seeking their entire lives, that is, um, that's copywriting.
1: And you mentioned through your journey, like when you were searching, uh, you know, you had this question, prior to you getting into finding your actual calling, your gift, which is copy. Uh, you went through a phase where you were searching through the spiritual mediums and finding. And I I, I think we all have, our, rather than saying we all, we all have that uh, desires or that pull towards those questions and getting those questions answered, but not too many people go to find those answers. Um, But we all have, and so from your own journey, if I may go on the spiritual side a little bit before we get into the personal side, what did you find out like, why do we have such a pull toward finding who we are versus what world is always defining us as engineers, doctors, whatever it is, we still have that pull. Like for myself, I've been in IT, but I still question it every now and then, what is, like? who am I, what is my purpose, what am I doing? So were you able to find any answers from there?
0: Yes. I think for all of us, no matter how different we are and our journeys are all different, we all go through a process when we are born on this planet where we come into being here with pure awareness. And as soon as we're old enough to read the signs around us, our parents begin downloading their perspective, their dream, their ideas and beliefs about what's right and wrong, good and bad, and what's right and wrong, good and bad about us. And so we learn to see the world in a particular way. And the journey of life for all of us is about forgetting the divinity within us, and then remembering it. So when we're born, we are that. We don't need to remember. We just are. We are the divine. We are um, intuitive. We know what we like. We know what we don't like. And then we get conditioned or domesticated, and we become something that's not exactly authentic to who we are, and it causes a lot of suffering. And that suffering is what propels us to seek answers to life. Why am I not happy? Why can't I achieve what I think I want? And so we go on journeys to try to figure that out and get answers. And what we end up doing is remembering who we really are in that process. We let go of the things that our parents downloaded into our minds that don't serve or resonate. And that I have found is the quintessential human journey from birth to death. It's a constant cycle repeating of forgetting and then remembering and um, redefining, expressing who, who we really are be- based on what we choose to believe for ourselves. So it's, it's quite fascinating. It's almost as if life is an opportunity to express and be who we choose to be based on who we were when we came, but also based on what we choose from the suffering that occurred. So that sounds a little bit long-winded, but um, I think that seems to be the journey of just about everybody.
1: Yes, it's so profound. It me of a quote from Ramdas. In one of his talks, he says that, um, he says, You never create anything, you just remember. So, you know, all of the time we feel that, oh, I just created this. Oh, you didn't, you just remembered it, you forgot. And going back to your point that we are in the cycle of forgetting and that remembering, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'll remember it now. It makes sense. Now, Ram does make sense with that.
0: I think. We do it because it gets boring after a while. If you always remembered, if you always knew who you were and you never forgot, there would be a certain type of stagnation. And so <laughs> there's like a, a desire to go on another journey. It's like a game, mm.
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. If we didn't forget, uh, you know, we'll miss the challenge uh you know it's just uh like adversity if there was no adversity we'll miss the challenge it will get boring uh without that challenge so as you uh, you know took uh you know pivoted from your career uh, and then into the spiritual side of seeking finding who you were and then actually finding your gift um you know you mentioned that when we talked um, uh, previously that initially you thought this was it, that spirituality was their part. And that is where, because you felt whole with it, and you know, you thought that was it. And later it came, you came into realization, maybe that is not it. Um, could you, um, Talk about that, like how it happened for you, because a lot of people go through that. Like I am in similar situations where I have these gifts and I think maybe this is it or maybe this is it. I'm trying to figure out what is the gift that is just for me to offer as a gift versus what is a gift that I can use to make a difference with people and, you know, also living with it.
0: It can be confusing because we're always changing. We're always evolving and so we might choose something in the moment that feels right and that resonates and then even after just a few months, it doesn't resonate anymore. And I find with a lot of business owners, the biggest struggle they have is trying to choose their niche and what they're actually doing because they outgrow it so quickly They teach some classes and then they're like, okay, I'm done. What's next? (laughs) And then they feel like they're not finding their their path, but they're on their path. They're just evolving into greater and greater things. And for me, um, I was doing the psychic readings and the business model was very draining. I had to work really hard to get enough clients every month to pay the bills And also the work itself was draining because people would be bringing me all their problems and I would take that on. I didn't mean to, but there's a part of me that's very empathic and I would just end up taking on the energy of their issues. And I would often feel when I got off the phone with someone like very heavy and uh, I didn't know how to not do that after a while. And so um, I started to struggle because it was a financial struggle as well. I kept doing it because I thought, if I don't, if I'm not healing people, or if I'm not a spiritual teacher, then my life has no value. I had this belief system and this judgment that if you were doing good, quote unquote, work in the world, your life had value. But if you were simply just existing and uh, doing something to make money, then that wasn't enough. And what happened was I let that belief go. And I realized that if I really listened to what I wanted, what I wanted was to write. I didn't want to do readings. I didn't want to counsel people, which was crazy because I had never had those thoughts before. And it challenged my whole identity and how I had defined myself. And I had to be willing to let that go in order to embrace who I really was inside, which was just the truth was I, I wanted to write. But I resisted that because, I, as I said before, I thought that writers were starving. I didn't think you could make a living as a writer. So um, so I held on to that business for too long And when I finally did let it go, it was through the pandemic where my business just also, I think, energetically, when you're not aligned with what you're doing, your business doesn't flourish. Customers don't come to you. So my business was doing worse and worse. And then the pandemic hit. And then it just tanked. And luckily, I was able to qualify for unemployment benefits at the time even as a self-employed person. And so I, um, that gave me a minute to breathe and ask myself what I really wanted. And so I decided, okay, I'm gonna make a choice to do writing and specifically copywriting because a year previous to that, I had bought a copywriting course and I thought it was fascinating. I was drawn to it, but I only got halfway through with it Because I was trying to make a living and hustle, and I didn't really have time to figure that out, or so I thought.
1: Amazing. Do you remember the moment when you made the decision like copy was it? Like it's time to move or pivot from the spiritual business to the copy business, or at least um, attempt on taking a leap into that side?
0: Yes. I remember um, I had discussed it with my husband and he's like, yeah, that sounds great. Go for it. But in my head, I was thinking, well, how am I going to do this? It's probably going to take a while to get clients and all of this. But I was telling a friend of mine who was in a business group with me Mm -hmm. and for coaches, and she happened to mention my name to her business group And within Mm. 24 hours, I had my first copywriting client. So I didn't have to struggle to get people. It happened so easily, effortlessly. Mm. Mm. And it happened because I was so in alignment with the decision to do it.
1: Mm.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: Amazing. Yeah, that's because I was, as I was listening to you, I was thinking about, like, you know sometimes we make you know we sort of hold on to the things that okay this is not it i want to make it happen because a lot of time we have heard this thinking don't quit just keep on going but you have to find that balance that dance where you know it's not working and you have to let it go and we always remember people think that people change it takes time to change mm-hmm. i think you change in the moment the moment you decide you change it takes time to the results to show up or the decision happens in moment and sometimes it may take a while to get to that decision but once you make that decision it's like a momentary thing it's just
0: yeah happens yeah it took me sorry i'm sorry oh it it it, it took me years to arrive at that decision And when I finally made it, it was instantaneous, the change, the things falling into place. I got that client and then she gave me a raise within months and my writing got better and better. I started studying copywriting um, and then I got more clients and it was referral based at first. And then I learned how to get clients organically through posting on social media and, uh, it just grew and grew. So mm.
1: this is amazing. Two key things. One, uh, that when your energy, when your gifts are aligned with where you should be going, it just happens. It seems effortlessly. Like it's not like you didn't put effort, but it's becomes effortless because you're not forcing it to happen. Uh, and the second thing is a lot of people, when they reach there, they, stop doing the things that got them there like for yourself you you were learning to copy right you were you know constantly learning more and as you got a price you started even doing uh, deeper things with it so that you can improve a lot of people stop there so I, i think it's a great um tip for anybody who is trying to do something you know once you get there just keep pouring into yourself Otherwise, it will become dry and it will become boring again.
0: Um, yeah. And also when you're listening to that voice inside that tells you what you really want and you, it, chances are it's because you're good at that thing and you can become mm-hmm. the best at that. You aren't going to be mediocre. And so you'll naturally want to get better. It won't be like forcing yourself to sit down and make yourself learn so that you're not an imposter. It'll just come across as I must learn this. I love this. I want to be the best, not because I'm supposed to be so that other people like me, but just because it's, it's in my DNA to be mm. the best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you, uh... You know, a lot of time um, I find, and at least for myself personally, I I've questioned when I started to transition from my nine to five that I wanted to do, uh, make, uh, you know, do something different, make an impact, make a difference. I always said, like, it's not about the money uh, that I want to do something. It's not money. I want to make money out of it, but it's not about the money. And sometimes I question that balance where it's you know you have spiritual side of the things that you're you wanting to do it more uh, for the bigger things than the money but then reality is for you to survive you also need the money uh, and sometimes i get lost i don't know if you feel the same but uh, balancing between okay i want to do uh, the spiritual side which is my calling or whatever uh, you know call it but i also need money like i had I struggle with that part, like, you know, embracing the money side of it.
0: It can be hard because of how we're conditioned to think about money. But if we mm. if we decide that money is part of the spiritual piece and it's not separate, if mm. the money is, because the money is what will allow you to make a bigger difference in the world. You can be a mm. ph- philanthropist. You can do wonderful things when you have the money. And so to not think of your your helping people, to not separate the financial piece out of it, like, you know, th- of course you need to survive, but it would be better to thrive, to really thrive and um, be able to serve more. For instance, uh, if you charge top, Dollar for your services, which I do, I'm expensive as a copywriter, I know that um, I'm going to, to be able to have the time freedom and the money freedom to produce things for people who can't afford my services, to give them resources that move the needle for them in big ways, or to donate money to a cause that I really care about. Whereas if I keep my prices low and I have less time because of that and I'm, I'm exhausted and burnt out, then I, I'm not, I don't, I don't have the power to give, to be a force for good, the way I want to be.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I never saw the money as the part of the spiritual journey. So I always, so that separation and maybe the separation is that causes the confusion and pain at times and, you know, keeps money at the distance.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, we're taught to feel guilty about the money. We're taught to mm-hmm. feel like we're greedy. We're being greedy and we're taking from people who don't have enough. My dad used to believe he taught me about money and he really believed that this is a zero sum world that there are finite resources and only so much to go around. And if you're wealthy, you are literally robbing other people of what they need. And he said this over and over and over again. And we were very poor growing up. We we struggled, he resisted having a career. He didn't want to make money because he felt that he would be taking from people in need. And um, really, when you think about the most generous people on earth, they're they're the wealthiest because they they can, they can be. So it took a lot for me to change my thinking around money. I wanted my dad to love me. And so I thought, well, I should be struggling. And shortly before he died, um, it was maybe a year before he died, I called him and I said, Dad. I want to know that if I start making $20,000 a month that you will still love me. Is it okay? I want to know I want to know your opinion. Do you think that it's greedy if I make that money? And he said, "Oh my god, no. I I want you to be happy." Um and he said, he did say, as long as you, as you don't get greedy. And I said, well, what does that mean? Cause I need to define what that is. I said, are there some charities you would like me to give to if I, if I get that kind of success? And he said, yes. And he told me the charities that he really cared about. And I said, okay, so then I've got your permission then. And he's like, absolutely go for it and then he he died and this month was the first month that i crossed 20,000 dollars a month and i i felt him blessing me and i know we can't always get permission and we don't need permission but i felt like knowing that he i wanted him to be proud of me i didn't want to feel i knew that that would hold me back if i thought that he was judging me for being greedy so i needed to hear it from him and i got that permission from him. And I never looked back. I feel like that helped with that main money block that I had.
1: Wow, That is beautiful. And congratulations on crossing that (laughs) uh, milestone. Uh, It it is beautiful in so many ways. Like, uh, yes, we all have that validation or permission, especially from parents. And there is just not right or wrong. It is what it is, right? If you have that, get it from them, and especially when you recognize that, okay, if it doesn't happen, I'll get stuck. So I think knowing where you get stuck is equally more important. So when you moved, you know, um, when you talked about all those money beliefs where uh, it just, what beliefs that were keeping you and the family poor uh, in a lot of many ways, When you identify those beliefs have to change, are there um, certain steps, one or two things that you can share that people who are, if they are in the similar uh, phase of life where they have been raised, which most of us have been uh, about, you know, wrong beliefs about money, what could be one or two beliefs that about the money that can change and make the difference?
0: Uh, One or two beliefs, let's see, that, I mean, I've often heard it said that money is energy. Everything is energy. And so if you think of it as energy, you're asking for an exchange of energy for your services. And Mm. if you, you know, time, when you think about time, like we often think of money as our most important resource, but it's really time. Because mm. time you can never get back where money you can earn it back. So if you know that right. time is your most valuable, precious resource, if you, if it, if you spend time on your business or time helping someone achieve their goals um, through your service, that's time you'll never get back. And so you're charging for this very precious resource that is finite. That um, you know, and, and it, it has to have a price tag. It, you have to come up with something. It, it's priceless, really. But if you think of of it that way, it allows you to to charge more. And also, if you think of the value that you provide over someone's lifetime, if they sign up for your coaching program or your service, that value is going to keep growing for them and compounding over time. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's quite a lot. So, so just to think of that, of it that way as the energy of what they will be able to experience in the future, because they worked with you, that's a great way to look at it. Another great thing that just always worked for me was thinking about the different things I would do if I had a lot of money, who would I help? Mm -hmm. How would I help them? Um, where would I want to send money and, you know, to make a difference? What would make me feel good? And then those goals to strive for those. So I don't know if that answers the question, but.
1: It does. Um, You know, it's all about how you look at whatever it is, whether it's money, whether it's your business, whether it's your job, um, your thoughts are going to become reality ultimately, right? Where, the way you look at it, and I, I think the first step, really important, is just getting aware of what are you thinking about the things, whatever it is, whether it's money, a profession, or, work. and that's basically uh, where it starts. So it's when, hard. Um, sorry, it's
0: it's it's hard because, I mean, even though I made the money that i wanted to this month i found myself shopping the other day for some things for the house and all of a sudden i felt bad like really bad <laughs> like oh my god i've become one of those people who just shops and i'm 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 shallow and greedy and this is i i went i went there i went back to that old conditioned place of I'm living a meaningless existence. I'm just a consumer. Like, oh, it was awful. And then I remembered, oh, that's part of my, the conditioning that I got as a kid. So it never ends. Even as you, you know, hit these milestones, you go to deeper levels where that story is lodged within you and you, you work to change it. So yeah. it's not comfortable making a lot of money when you don't feel. Worthy, or you, you're blocking it. There's a sense of discomfort. So I'm still dealing with with pieces of that.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think we all are. uh, Who, you know, especially people that are new into those journeys. Um, You know, I remember a year ago, a year and a half ago, when I started the business, I wanted to invest into a new um, computer. Uh, microphone and uh, microphone and all came very late later in the game but starting with the computer it was just a, like a thousand dollar investment I wouldn't even call it investment and I remember I justified myself for weeks and weeks and weeks okay I should buy it because I was like okay I, I have another laptop why do I want different I can use it and I kept it oh it doesn't have camera it doesn't have this I should be separate Uh, And then in a moment, I realized, I'm just spending way too much to justify. Why am I afraid to spend $1,000? It's not like I have to borrow from somebody. I have the money sitting in the bank doing nothing. Like, you know, the interest rates in the bank. One person. It's not going to make money. It's just depreciating in the value. And here, I had to justify for weeks to make that purchase. But uh, in the moment, as I got aware, I was like, okay, hit that button. know if I don't invest I cannot even get ahead but it's it's still cycle I still every time I make an investment I have to I don't know who I'm justifying but I am justifying to those false beliefs that oh this is why I should spend it's crazy it's you know as grown up nobody's asking those questions but we are still answering those questions (laughs) yeah amazing so moving from your um spiritual side to now to your copy business as you moved um one of the things i realized in last year and a half it's as you grow um and as your consciousness grows you attract a different kind of people like the people in your life start to change also uh, you know this is perfect example Two years ago I would never have met Jessica because I was not there consciously I could not attract you into my life um, did you see anything when you started getting after moving from a spiritual side into um, the business that you trust uh, started to attract a different kind of people and mm-hmm. what did you feel about that
0: so the Attracting new people began when I made my first really big investment in my business. I was struggling for so many years to make a living as an entrepreneur. And I knew that I needed to invest, but I was afraid And my husband was also like, I don't understand. Do people do this? They spend thousands of dollars that they don't have to learn about business. And I would say, yes, that's what people do. And finally, uh, I managed to come to uh, an agreement with him (laughs) where I just said, all right, listen, I want to try this and I'm going to pay the money back in six months. And if it doesn't work, if it fails, I won't attempt anything like this again. And he's like, all right. So uh, this was um, my first like really high ticket business program. And this was when I was trying to be a coach. So I made an $8,000 investment. And at the time I never spent that much money in my life on anything. And uh, because it was such a big investment, I was a thousand percent committed. I, told, I made a decision that this was going to work for me, no matter what. And it did. I did the work. I learned business fundamentals that I were never taught. And from that, I was able to make the money back quite quickly. Within six months, I did pay it back. And I did make a few thousand dollars over that. And, uh I had a very small, I had like a 1,500-person email list at the time. And that's when I started to realize that maybe copywriting was going to be better for me because my favorite part of the business was writing emails to my list. And so from the people on my list, I was able to sell a few of my coaching programs. And so I knew it worked. And then the whole switch came with the copywriting. But then because I knew that investing in the business worked, I then invested in another program where you and I met. Um, I invested with that teacher and I made uh, uh, that was a $13,000 investment at that point. I learned how to get clients organically without any kind of paid advertising out of that. So that was worth it. Um, And then. The people that I met in each space I forged new connections, we grew, we, you know, we learned from each other. That's really one of the beauties of making the investments. It's not just that you're learning from the coach. It's that you're getting to know people in the space. And these are people that can open doors for you, people you can network with. So it really does elevate you into um, a community of others that have the same goals it helps you stay accountable. It's just really, um, that was my experience anyway. I should say it helped me stay accountable and it, it brought me into a higher realm of contacts.
1: That's amazing. Uh, you know, a couple of things that I want to, sort of unwrap from there because you said it very quick, but one of the first thing is investing in ourselves. And when we invest big, we have to be sensible where we invest, but when we invest big in terms of the money, it does something to commitment. It increases the commitment, especially if you're investing with the money you don't even have. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, that's uh, big. And the second is uh, communities and get, getting in, uh, you know, in front of the people, like minded people, because proximity has power, right? Um, there's a reason our mother stopped from playing with that one kid that <laughs> she didn't think was a good influence because it was the proximity. So I, I think um, that uh, I can vouch for because my life started to change uh, with as I started to become conscious of the people I want in my life, what I want to do in my life the people that i didn't need just started to phase off like they still fall off and it's not like i'm saying oh i don't want to work with you i don't like you nothing It's just it's falling off and it's that is the beauty of i feel like that is the real renunciation that you don't find the need to keep or let them go it just organically happens it just shifts and um so uh, that is amazing Coming to uh, coaching the world, right, where so many people, especially in 2020 and 2021, I would say a lot of people started to come out and started to explore what gifts they can use um, to help others, right, Mm -hmm. which is what coaching is. And there's plenty of (laughs) gurus and there are plenty of the people who do not even do, they are just there. So when you work with the coaches that you help write copy, what are the, some of the things that you look for those coaches where you can help them get ahead in their business, make money, you know, climb up um, in the game?
0: Well, um, the coaches that I have begun working for most recently are already established. Um, so they have been in business for a while. They usually have a funnel that's working for them to deliver consistent leads. And then I write their emails for them, which helps them sell. But if you're starting out as a coach, if you've just um, decided that you want to answer the calling inside you and you want to use your gifts to serve others, it come, it's, um, what's really important is figuring out first of all, it's getting clarity on exactly what those gifts are and who it is that you can help. And it's usually a version of yourself. So it's someone going through struggles that you've already figured out how to solve. So the things that you need to know are who is it you're talking to? What it keeps them awake at night? What are they terrified of? What are their dreams and goals? And From that information, you can begin speaking to them from the heart, speaking to them about what their experience of life is. And that's what allows them to see you, to know that you're there, and to choose you as the expert that's going to help guide them. So you just need to have clarity on those pieces. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to get is the clarity, Because you might have more than one gift, you might have multiple gifts, you might have different interests. And so you're trying to, and of course, in the business world, you're always getting the advice that you need to choose one, pick a lane, niche down, don't try to do too many things. And if You have more than one gift. Sometimes they intersect and sometimes it can be hard to niche down. Um, So I try to help people to be in alignment with the thing that they are choosing and to incorporate as much of their gifts as they want So to not feel that limitation and to not feel that they have to be in a box or a cage or they have to do business one way, that's just not true. They can do business whatever way they want as long as they get the message right. And the message is what copywriting is all about. So, and by getting the message right, all I mean is speaking from the heart, having an understanding of who you're speaking to and how to um, talk about their problems in a way, talk about the solution that you offer in a way that gets people to raise their hand and say, I need that. I want that. And you can absolutely do it without niching down so that you're like this. You can, you can have a wider scope and a wider focus. Um, you just, it comes down to the stories you tell in your messaging, um, the different offers that you create. So I worked, when I was working with coaches who were starting out, a lot of them didn't have websites. They didn't need that website. They didn't need to have that in place. All they needed was the clarity of who it was they were serving with one particular offer. And then they could add other offers. You see, that's the beauty of it. Once they knew the process, they could repeat that process over and over with different offers and different clients. So that's a lot, but.
1: Um. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. Like, uh, you know, you were the first one um, uh, who told me that you don't need a website because if you don't have a clarity what is website going to do, right? And a lot of times people, when they start, they jump on all those whistles and bells, good looking website, pictures, logos, and those are important parts of the business, but they are are parts of the business. They link to that clarity that, you know, who you are, who you're serving. And if you don't have that clear, then it's it's going to be a very hard, to get any business out from those websites. And you can try 10 different things, but it's not. uh,
0: I mean, I've already amended the copy on my website like eight different times because I keep changing my offers and I keep changing who I'm serving. So you have to go back and change the message. And people aren't finding me through my website. The website is just something to give them like a business card. And I developed that after I was full with clients. So I didn't have the website first. I got the website later. But um, yeah, you definitely don't need to have any of that in place first. All you need to do is start sharing, start talking to people, start posting. If you're on social media or LinkedIn or just your friends and family, just start talking about what you do, sharing about it and let things start to build from there. That's why social media can be so powerful as a tool, because it's built for personal connection. Yes,
1: it is. You touched upon having clarity as one of the big, big things, and sometimes it's harder to get that clarity. But if you were to give one or two things that can help somebody who is fresh on the journey, maybe confused, and You know, they want to develop a little bit of clarity. I know one of the answers is hire a good coach to get you that clarity. But what would be one or two things somebody can do themselves just to get a little bit more clarity on where they are, where they're heading?
0: Yeah. Well, I think where clarity fails us is when we feel um, stuck that we have to commit to something forever. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to commit to something if you think you have to do it for the rest of your life. So when yes. you're thinking of an offer, if you if you know you can solve a problem and you're inspired today to solve that problem, solve that problem, choose that, knowing that you can change your mind tomorrow or even next week. You can f- solve a different problem. And mm. rather than thinking, oh, but for each problem, I need a webinar funnel and I need Facebook ads and I need a website and I need to like build an empire just to solve one problem. You don't need to do any of that. So the way that I help people do business is being free and light and not getting bogged down with all of the shoulds. Um, and that is what helps you get better clarity because it's about who you are right now. What do you want to do today? Mm. What feels in alignment with you today? It may not work in a month, but that's okay. You can still make money this month solving this particular problem. It's really like just creating an offer that can solve a problem and then just going and talking about it on Facebook and filling spots and sending people a PayPal link and having them pay you. I mean, like yeah. you don't need anything to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, and then from that, you learn You learn what works for you, what feels good. Did I love this process or was it draining to me? Do I want to focus somewhere different or add something to the program next month to make it better? What could that be? And then at a certain point, you get to the point where you have too many clients and you want to, maybe you want to do a group program instead of a one-on-one program. It really just depends on how you feel in the now.
1: Yeah, that that's the most important thing in the now, and not you know feeling obliged that that commitment is for it's not a marriage. (laughs) Even marriages are not can be you know temporary at times uh, if it's not in alignment. And I think that's where people get stuck and lost. You know, I was uh, the other day I was thinking. that I'm, I feel lost. I was feeling like I feel lost. And I was telling myself, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And I kept repeating to myself. Obviously, that's one part of it. <laughs> I'm repeating it constantly. But then I had a realization that, you know, I'm not lost. I'm just on a new road. And it's an unknown road. And I just don't know my way. out. I have to figure it out as I walk. I cannot just stand still and say I'm lost. And wait for somebody to come and take me there. And if that happens, that can be one thing. But the chances are if I walk and, you know, on that road, I'll figure out which way to go. I'll see the signs. So I think you rightly said it. People get stuck because of that one thing that the commitment is forever. Um, I'm brilliant that it's beautiful. I
0: love that. I love that you came to that, where you realized it's a journey and I'm on the journey and I I don't have to have all the answers in this moment. It's just what is moving in you today? What feels right today?
1: Yes. Um, so, you know, one of the things, uh, as you mentioned with the emails, for, you know, I was uh, looking at, um, a lot of people might have this, uh, misconception that emails do not work like from in the digital age we are in the apps and the social Instagram and all those things that you could do when DMs you could do um, I think email still is a very powerful tool of getting the business and getting your message out and a lot of people and including myself you know do not take time to build that email list and rely on, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn and all that. Mm-hmm. What would you uh, recommend in terms of building email lists and why one should build it and how one should mm-hmm. go about it?
0: Yeah. Well, an email list belongs to you. It's yours forever or for as long mm-hmm. as uh, our society holds itself up <laughs> and uh, people yeah. have, you know, um, emails, if you're just using social media, which I have definitely done, so uh, it's like you are at the mercy of those companies. So I do the majority of my business marketing on Facebook, knowing that Facebook could suspend my account, something could happen, I could lose that ability to be visible there. And then what? So an email list, will that will never happen. It's yours. It belongs to you. The people on it have already agreed to receive messages from you. So you can offer them things without feeling like you're just spamming everybody, you know, friends and family alike. You can um, write to that list knowing that, They've elected to be there, and if they don't want to be there, they'll unsubscribe. Um, the people making the most money in my world are the coaches that have really big email lists, because not only are they um, they, they not only do they have uh, other other places where they show up, like social media, but they're making you know, 50% of their income is coming in through sending emails to people. Um, A lot of the copywriters that I follow and study send one email a day to their list. And that's how they are. They are crushing it. It's like uh, when you get on a coach's email list, you might find yourself getting one to two emails a day from that person. And that's because that's what's shown to be the most effective to uh, to enroll people is to always be writing to them. Some people feel like that's spam and they don't want that and they don't like that. And I totally understand and I don't blame them. Um, but the coaches doing the most money are the ones emailing lists every single day. In-
1: <laughs> I relate to it. Um- when I saw the first time I realized that email is still a big thing is when, you know, I saw it getting, uh, and, you know, like, likes of Tony Robbins, Andy Frasillas, and Milets, even though they have so many, uh, such a huge following on social media platform, you name the platform, they have millions of people, they would still ask you to register for their email. And they're sending the same message on the email that is on the social but I think it's proves the point that there, there is something that they know they understand, and one of them has to be that owning, um, controlling the customer database or holding the uh, people in your own area rather than just relying on the social media platform for your people to be there. But it's so much more marketing, uh, you know, like. Oh, uh, for instance, if somebody sends an email, Tony Robinson or any other coach, I might not register or look at it at the same point. But when I hit that problem, I'll go and search that email. Okay, I know, I remember Tony said something about it. I'll go search it, whereas I cannot search it on social. It's so much harder to get there. But emails instantly, I'll find that one thing, one message that I wanted to listen and go back. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Email isn't going away. It's not, it's not going away. Um, Sometimes I hear people saying, oh, email is going to be a thing of the past. And it's just not true. Um, The, the uh, social media is what people get tired of and say, okay, I'm taking a break from social media. I'm out of here, but they're still opening Mm. their email. So it's it's less um, overwhelming when you have it's more personal
1: that is so true all right this was wonderful i mean i had so many great insights out of it and i before i ask you the last question i want to thank you for your time i you know want to ask you where can people reach out to you and for what kind of work they can reach out to you if they want to work with you and then, when you answer this, I'll ask the last parting question.
0: Sure. Well, my website is enlightenedcopy.com. Uh, but what I do, it, there are two offers that I have. One is for coaches who have at least 5,000 people on their email list and they're selling at least a $2,000 service. Um, I'll write their daily emails for them. And hmm. uh, so that's one offer. But the other offer is for those coaches that don't have email lists, that are struggling to get clarity, that want to know what it is that they're in alignment with and how to speak about it, how to write about it, how to post about it so that their ideal clients can, um, can hear that message and respond. So I have a four-week coaching program. It's one-on-one for people like mm-hmm. that who need that help. And it's $997. So for four weeks, we have private one-on-one sessions and whatever. And uh, uh, they get to send me things that I'll edit for them. So
1: That's a steal. Like 97 is a steal. Considering the market, considering the value you bring in, it's a steal. So I'll have the uh, link to your website and uh things like that on in the show notes so people can go but somebody um, and whoever is listening if you fall in one of those two brackets go check out jessica's uh website um uh, get in touch with her it may be or may not for you but i can definitely tell you that if you work with jessica she will give everything in her being to make sure it works for you that that's how committed she is, and that's why she's getting the results she is getting. So uh, I am excited for whoever comes through <laughs> that. All right. Last question. Um, if you um, were to, you know, leave one thing um, away whenever the time comes, one of the things that you would want people to remember you for when you go on from here, to the next world, to the next place, what would be that one thing that, Jessica, you would want people to remember you for?
0: Interesting. When you ask me that, what comes up is, um, I don't feel a need to be remembered, but I want my words. I want my work to have created inspiration. I want the inspiration of the words that I leave behind to continue to have an impact.
1: That's really mm. what I want. Amazing, and immediately like when you said those lines, I was reminded of this quote by Mahatma Gandhi, like what he was going on a train and um, there was somebody running back and said, uh, you know, gave him a paper and said, you know, could you write down something uh, as a message for the people to, uh, you know, know about, you learn from you, you know, if something happens to you, what was the message you will leave behind? And he wrote, my life is my message. So, Mm. you know, feeling that, you know, your work is your message. If what you do inspires others to do something better in their life, I think that is the greatest message you can leave behind. Yeah. On that note, has a mic drop there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Uh you, Jessica. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did and got some valuable nuggets out of it. Uh, If you liked it, there are other shows you can watch. They're exactly uh, what you need. And I ask you to like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you thought of the show. Uh, Really, I want to hear from you firsthand what you felt, what you liked, what you didn't like. So thank you and see you around.